From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Hey, welcome back. This is it, episode 39 of the Cannabis Podcast. I'm glad you came back for another visit. If this is your first visit, well, welcome. A whole bunch of cannabis information is headed your way over the next few minutes. In episode 39, we're going to dive back into the cannabis world, take a peek at a story on Leafly that lays things out for us with Legalization 2.0. A story from High Times on the possibility of cannabis lounges in Ontario. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Are you listening, BC? We'll have a conversation with another bud tender friend of mine, Kenny Tyson, drops by for a toke and a discussion. And then finally, another motel story involving the volcano. That and a whole lot more is coming your way on episode 39 of the Cannabis Podcast. We, of course, have talked about edibles before, but I thought Leafly did a pretty good job of kind of summarizing everything about legalization 2.0 in an article entitled, coincidentally enough, Everything Canadians Need to Know About Legalization 2.0. So, as usual, I have the link to this back at CannabisPodcast.com if you want to look at the details for yourself. And I'll just cover kind of the high end of this. Edibles, extracts, topicals, and vapes are finally legal in Canada. Build is legalization 2.0. The regulations came into effect, of course, on October 17th of last year, and products have slowly begun to trickle onto the market ever since. From how to consume to what to consume, in this article you'll find everything Canadians need to know about legalization 2.0. Edibles 101. Cannabis-infused edibles are now available for sale through licensed retailers in Canada, most of the way across the country, I believe. Though there are strict rules around marketing and dosing, including a limit of 10 milligrams of THC per packaged item. Edibles in the form of food products, lozenges, and beverages can produce effective, long-lasting, and safe experiences. These forms of cannabis can also produce unpredictable effects that may feel like overdose symptoms. The difference is, of course, the dose, although it's worth noting that while consuming too much can feel very unpleasant, no one has ever died from it. And, of course, it can also take anywhere from 30 minutes to 4 hours for an edible to fully kick in. Health Canada suggests that adults who use cannabis, regardless of how they consume it, shouldn't combine it with alcohol, nicotine, or other drugs. And then we had Topicals 101. Topicals are cannabis-infused products intended for your skin. Common types of topicals include creams, lotions, balms, bath products, and transdermal patches. With the exception of the transdermal patches, which are designed to breach the bloodstream, Topicals are typically not intoxicating, and they're valued for their potential to provide localized relief from pain and inflammation without a high. Extracts 101 Extracts and concentrates are umbrella terms for a broad range of cannabis products regulated by Health Canada, inclusive of cannabis oils for both ingestion and inhalation, hash, tinctures, dabs, and vape cartridges. Extracts are subject to a maximum of 1,000 mg THC per package, and must be free of additives, such as vitamins, minerals, caffeine, alcohol, sugar, sweeteners, or colors. Vaping 101 Vaporizing or vaping cannabis is a smokeless process that involves heating dry flour or concentrate to a temperature below combustion, usually in the range of 180 to 200 degrees Celsius, which, for those who aren't in the Celsius range, that's 356 to 392 Fahrenheit, 
The heat releases active compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes and turns them into a vapor that can be inhaled. Devices for vaporizing dry cannabis flour have been available in Canada's medical market since long before adult recreational use was legalized. With legalization 2.0, extract-filled vape pens have become popular for their ease of use, portability, and because they offer more consistent dosing than other methods of inhaling marijuana. So there's some a top-level view for you of Leafly's story on Edibles 2.0. In each of those cases, you can dive into further details if you want to pick up the article itself. The link, of course, exists back at CannabisPodcast.com. Have you been trying any edibles? Send a note at info at CannabisPodcast.com if you have anything you'd like to relate about your experience with edibles. Because they are here now. Legalization 2.0 is here. One of the discussion points that has long been on everybody's mind since cannabis was legalized in our country was this whole concept of a place to go and smoke. Gee, don't they have bars where you can go and consume alcohol? Hmm. I seem to think that there are a number of those across our country. And yet, in terms of cannabis, as of this point, there is no place where you can legally go as a group of people and sit down and have a toke. Well, maybe there's change on the horizon. This is a story from High Times. Ontario lawmakers looking into legalizing cannabis consumption lounges. Oh, wouldn't that be a fabulous idea? The government of Ontario is considering a proposal to allow cannabis consumption lounges to operate in the province and is soliciting feedback from residents on any potential changes to current regulations. Now, the government announced the proposed change via a posting in the province's regulatory registry, noting that comments from the public will be accepted for one month. With the legalization of marijuana in Canada in 2018, Ontario's progressive conservative government has said it hopes to create an open market in legal cannabis including the establishment of cafes and lounges where public consumption is permitted. The government is also considering allowing cannabis use at special events such as concerts and festivals, according to Monday's notice. Ontario Attorney General Doug Downey said in a statement that the government is seeking guidance from the public on the proposals. Comments from the public will be accepted online until March 10th. They're asking Ontarians to share their feedback as they explore certain expanded cannabis-related business opportunities as part of a responsible approach to protecting families and communities. Cannabis consultant Robin Rabinovich said that allowing cannabis sales at locations other than dispensaries can help open up the legal market. There's a lot of opportunity for businesses like cafes and restaurants to start making steps into the cannabis industry, she said. Rabinovich also noted that permitting cannabis at special events would give the government a way to regulate use at public gatherings in a post-legal environment. If you're at a music festival and you look around, it's clear that cannabis is being consumed, she said. If they were to organize it and regulate it, it may not be in the presence of minors or be causing any harm to others at the event. I'm thinking Manitoba should be considering this too, based on their laws and outdoor consumption. Downey noted that a robust legal cannabis market is supported by the government, which sees expanding legal sales as the best way to compete with unlicensed businesses. The government also pledged in Monday's notice to consult with industry representatives, public health and safety organizations, education stakeholders, and Indigenous representatives before committing to any course of action. Although Ontario is soliciting feedback on the proposal to license cannabis consumption lounges and special events, the government advised in the registry notice that no changes to the current regulatory framework are planned as of yet, and a timeline for the implementation of any changes that are eventually approved could not be determined. Well, we can still 
gleefully hope, can't we? <laughs> and we can also hope that other provinces are paying attention to what's happening in Ontario. Because as, as I said at the top of this story, there are bars everywhere across our country where you can go and consume alcohol with a number of your friends. Now that cannabis is legalized, they're going to eventually have to realize that there has to be a similar establishment that allows that same kind of communication of, of neighborly get-togethers that has some consumption of cannabis involved. Let's hope that's the case. Again, the link for this story is back at CannabisPodcast.com if you want to check it out for yourself. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. There seems to be a theme developing over the last few episodes where we're having conversations with bud tenders, and that theme is extended again today. Today, I get to meet a friend of mine named Kenny Thyssen. Kenny and I worked together last year for six or seven months. Really a nice guy. He's originally from England. He's been over here in Canada for six years or so. And surprisingly enough, he only became introduced to cannabis on his arrival here in Canada. That's kind of what fascinated me about Kenny's story. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. We pick it up just after we sat down to have a talk and turn the microphones on. So give me a sense of, of what's your cannabis heritage? Like, like how long have you been involved in this wonderful little weed? Just basically coming to BC, which was the funny thing. Growing up in England. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Never really smoked much of the stuff back home. Just wasn't that available. Okay. And then coming here, there was a guy who knew a friend and everyone had a joint. You're like, oh, okay, I'll get into it a little a bit more. A guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. <laughs> that was it. So we all know a guy. Yeah, that's it. So what is really good joint? You're like, oh, where do you get that from? I was like, oh, I'll let you know. And he's selling okay. to some people. It was yeah. sweet. So in England, you didn't didn't partake? No, not too much at all. Yeah. It's only the past like six, seven years really been enjoying it socially. That's cool. Well, you, you've come a long way in those six years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, just a nice replacement for what I found alcohol is becoming. Like the social scene is great. It's fun being out yeah. and about, but there's yeah. something more fun if you're just sitting around talking and just saying nonsense with a little joint. Yeah, I'd happily talk nonsense all day, to be honest. <laughs> and you do an exceptional good job of it, too. I really try. <laughs> an exceptionally good job of it. But no, it wasn't until becoming a bud tender mid-summer that I decided to look into cannabis for a little bit more on the science front than just the... Well, you must have done a real good sales job getting yourself in that, in that job. I've been told I interview well. Yeah, yeah you must have. <laughs> It's just uh, having a bit of background in the alcohol industry and then also ah, okay. experience with people doing teaching gotcha. as an instructor. Yeah. They're like, oh, we could probably put them in front of people and teach them about cannabis later. Teaching snowboards the same as teaching cannabis? Oh, one step ahead of the students is all you ever need to be. <laughs> as long as the customers don't give me something too hard, I'm like, yeah, I could be ahead of this one. And <laughs> yeah, famous last line. Yeah. You're doing a history course, but only read up to chapter 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's why it was kind of fun playing the role. And then I decided to be like, well, let's see how this industry is going and did a lot more of my own research. Yeah. And it's just one of those things, if you can kind of find a bit of a passion behind it and it got interesting mm -hmm. to hear just little pieces, how they all yeah. fit together. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing happening. Absolutely. And and, and speaking of passion, because you and I have chatted a bunch about it. And, and, and one of the things that Kenny is passionate about is extraction and, and distilling. Uh, and I guess, as you've said before, that kind of comes from your, your background in alcohol. Yeah, it was um, after doing wine tours all day and giving people the spiel, you kind of learn how they make wine and how they make alcohol. Yeah. 
and then it's just coming down to different compounds water-based oil-based and then looking how they're doing it in the cannabis world and seeing how it's all kind of the same just their own slight different critiques and slightly different methods yeah yeah absolutely and you've always as as long as i've known you uh, and you have clearly had a fascination in, in getting into the finer aspects of extraction figuring out how it all works where did that fascination come from it was just following a bit of the question of just where is this coming from and how is it a thing okay starting with something like thc and people are talking about being psychoactive like oh cool what is it like what's psychoactive about it and then you read about how it's affecting things you're like oh cool what other things affect things okay and then you dive into the receptors into the endocannabinoid system and you're seeing what's actually affecting receptors what's being around them and then you're like oh what's these other smaller little things yeah it's just kind of not having a direct focus, but just kind of exploring and seeing what's happening and why, and then trying to ask another question of like, okay, but now why is this happening because of this one? Yeah. And then it, for me, it was just a little bit of a ladder going from a big cannabis plant down to the trichomes and everything in there down to- Oh, that's so cool. Terpenes and cannabinoids. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 the discussions we've had have been fascinating over the, the, the time that we, we spent at the store and the, the slower times. <laughs> Yep, there was the occasional slow time. Oh, uh, <laughs> count your breath once in a while and yeah, be able exactly. to answer some of my questions. So you have, have plans now, uh, finances willing, mm-hmm. um, to go full bore and, and explore that a little further, right? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing seeing what you can actually um, do at home. Yeah. Uh, looking at like home setups and how people are making bubble hash nowadays. Yeah. It's going to be that little bit step further as well. And you can get some more chemical extractions. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what can, well, what, what I'll be able to actually pull out of it compared to, uh, what might be just nonsense, you know, <laughs> sometimes there's a line. There's definitely a balance. Those Every good idea is definitely got an equal bad idea somewhere in there. But. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kenny actually helped me with the uh, bubble hash extraction uh, when we did our harvest back in the fall. No, oh, it's great. That was, uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I enjoyed that day. And, and in fact, we sampled some of that hashish uh, before we sat down and turned the microphones on. Today. Mm. What did you think of it? Well, if it doesn't sum up why people should look into extractions i don't know what will it's a little bit more puts you in a nice spot we were saying like well i found not too much of a cough on it yeah i really enjoy your hash yeah 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 i I was i'm pretty pleased with how it turned out too and i noticed there's subtle differences between the stuff that came from the indica plants and the stuff that came from the, the sativa plants what do you think about our cannabis laws after being involved with it for six, seven years, and now legalization just over a year. I'm because I'm, really, I'm curious, coming in as you did mm. from England, where things were a little bit different, and 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 being immersed into the BC cannabis world is wow, what a place to start. <laughs> what do you think about where our laws are? Well, the funniest thing was I was overseas when legalization happened and when the date was there, but always okay. with the intent of coming back to Canada for the winter. Yeah. So I was expecting the little gray market stores that I knew were up and running, I expected them to be flourishing everywhere, like walking down the street and having a golden ticket to a bit of like the weed world. Yeah, as many did. And this was the most baffling thing about it, how it was the complete opposite. The places I'd known and everything there had gone and they were just slowly coming up with selected places and lucky individuals who got their licensing yeah. and above anyone else. It's 
yeah, it was baffling. And it then is. even looking at the pro uh, progress done in other even states down south and seeing mm -hmm. what revenue can come of it if like done slightly well and actually promoted and yeah. releasing the reins, I think is the best way I think on it. Mm -hmm. I'm dying to see a lot more just private stores and people being able to grow weed and sell it to people, have the checks in place to make sure that everyone's doing it right, but make yeah. it just available. Yeah, absolutely. Why, why can't we get there? Uh, and it's baffling. It, it truly is. <laughs> I always have the argument as well with the uh, retail side of it, but also just the medical side of it, how they're two merged together at the moment. And yeah. you're there like, well, if we're seeing progress happening on a medical front as well, surely there should be ways to get it way more available to people who are going to be needing it because we're just growing You think so, but, but then the other distinction is, I guess it's provincially regulated is, is the line that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and now do I remember the point that I was coming? <laughs> <laughs> this could be one of those cannabis-induced uh, psychosis where I forget where I was going. It was freaking brilliant, too. I already gave you credit for it. It's, it's <laughs> gone. No, like, where was I going? I can't remember. Off a medical front? Oh, yes. Uh, see, now I do remember. And, and that is something to remember as well, that it will always come back to you eventually. <laughs> I guess this is the, the distinction that I am kind of in favor of. And that is on the provincially regulated side, no discussion whatsoever about medical. Mm. Like, it is completely recreational. And this is come in and ask a question about a headache or, or back pain or anything like that. Go see your doctor and maybe they can find a solution for you. If you want to watch a really good movie and have some fun doing it, I can help you. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that might be the distinction that we need in one sense, that it, it kind of breaks that that black market barrier where it was it was everywhere. Yeah. Medical, recreational, there was no line between the two of them. What's your sense of that? Yeah, I could definitely see there being a push to actually bring the medical side of it just into more of a spotlight and being like, hey, yeah. there's products that is not going to ruin your day if you have something planned. You're not going to be stuck on the couch <laughs> for four hours out of the blue. Yeah, It's just going to help maybe make you a little bit less anxious or deal with some pain yeah. in a way that you can still function as best to your ability without it getting in the way of... Uh, yeah, it's functionally the best of your ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was another, uh, I was mentioning to Kenny that I had taken a peek at, and, and I won't mention the name because of uh, non-disclosure agreements and such, uh, but I took a part in a different cannabis course. And that was, oh, see, now here I go again. I lost the thought of where I was going. <laughs> ah, okay. They, that one's not coming back to me. Do they hold a medical test or aspect on that at all for the checking the knowledge? Yeah, it was. Oh, that was. That's what it was. See, again, just let let the brain go, and it'll finally come back to you. And this was just. It was just a simple little phrase, and the phrase was, "Somebody's coming to you. Let's see, they're a new user." Mm -hmm. And one of the first questions is, "Well, how much cannabis should I consume?" And it's always a difficult question to answer because it's it's depends on the circumstances, depends on who they're with, depends on them, depends on their tolerance, all of those things. And then I realized with this one phrase that they put out, it doesn't depend on any of those things. And that phrase is just enough. Yeah. Just enough to, to feel the way you want to feel and then stop. <laughs> yep. And I thought that's what we don't spend enough time doing, whether it be edibles or whether, well, I guess more so with edibles because there's way more chance of green outs and, and going overboard and in that regard, but I thought that was a really good phrase. 
and it makes sense. And I'm going to try to try to remember that the next time somebody asks me that question. Yeah, just enough. Because what it comes down to is uh, what you're after, eh? Exactly. This is going to help you. The more you take, it's going to have more of the effect. How much do you take? Well, start off as low as you can, yeah. work your episode doses. But when you find it's just enough, that's all you need. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a great, a great phrase. Yeah, fabulous. What's one of your favorite experiences that you've had with cannabis so far? Probably noticing the wide variety of people using it firsthand, okay. like using for every occasion to yeah. benefit or to kind of like lessen a circumstance or to make things more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. Like I find it hilarious people coming in and over the Christmas period, we need something to survive the in-laws. Like <laughs> it's the only way we're going to do it this year. Yeah, and right. you just realize that people are smoking and just functioning very well in everyday life and yeah. just kind of having fun doing it, it seems. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <laughs> no, it's been really entertaining. You do meet a whole bunch of characters left, right, and center, and I have to admit, yeah. you're just a all pretty fun bunch. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty diverse group of people who mm. are involved in the cannabis industry. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Let me finish off with a couple of uh, hot seat questions for you, uh, if I can remember them. I got my, my sheet is downstairs. I'm kind of going by the top of my head. Your favorite strain? Um, Northern Lights. Ah, nice. What do you like about that one? Uh, it's got the heritage. I had it a couple years ago and we just fell in love with it. And then seeing it come back and trying it again, just yeah. reliving that kind of like, yep, yeah, it's still amazing. Okay. Ones that just kind of stayed with me. Nice. Yeah. And that's what you're looking to find. Yep. Yeah. Rockstar's still one of those for me. Oh. So, uh, joint or vape? Uh, I will always go for a joint. I'm very much enjoying the vape life at the moment. Okay. Any particular vape that you're that you're using, or a vape pen, or a herbal herbal vaporizer? No, bouncing through just a, a couple of the dissolute tips okay. going around. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are definitely personal favorites. Okay, it's easy and compactable, discreet. They're like, yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah, nice. What's your favorite munchie? I'm a sucker for the brownies. Ah, uh, yes. It makes so it. so a munchie before and after. It's a dangerous combination. <laughs> once you have one, you see the rest of the tray, like, I should probably take this slow. Yeah, yeah. Edible or flour? I would go flour. Flour? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured that, knowing you how I, how I do. I just eat too much as is. If I could just smoke it, it gets me there. Like you say, just enough is fine by me. Yeah, yeah, that's part of my problem as well with those. If I have too many of the edibles, I'll just eat them, and then the munchies become a different problem altogether. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were in, because you have a different perspective. So the, my last question relates to different terminology across the country. And we've experienced it in the store when, when we were working together. And the phrase that I'm interested in is half quarter. And you know that probably now because of your exposure at the store. Mm. But did you have any phrasing like that that you heard in England that referred to various quantities of cannabis? Uh, not that I knew well. Okay. It wasn't until here that I realized, oh, you can have options, not just like however much the guy's selling for. Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, cool, but whatever it is, is kind of whatever it is. I found it so funny the first time somebody came in and asked for a half quarter. Mm. <laughs> well, why don't you just say an eighth? Well, that was it. And I was like, that's half the sum. We need the final solution. And then you can ask us and, that and one. And the, the best one I thought was the guy who came in and he asked for two half quarters. <laughs> It keeps no, there's a way to toes. shorten that order up. <laughs> Finds a healthy challenge at this point. My math work has definitely come a long way thinking about all this stuff. <laughs> well, it's true. But but you could always tell, this is the thing I always found interesting going through high school. 
You could always tell those who were involved with cannabis whenever the question came up, how many grams in an ounce? <laughs> <laughs> All my hands were up, 28! <laughs> yep. Some things you just learn and some things you know one way or another. <laughs> exactly. They do, they, they, there's just nothing you can do about it. Well, cool. Well, thanks for stopping by and having a chat, Kenny. Appreciate oh, it. Thank you, Gary. It's always a pleasure. All right, cool. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. It's funny how when you tell one story, it reminds you of other stories. And when I related the story in the last episode of our unexpected uh, experience with the volcano in a snowstorm, it reminded me of a more positive experience that happened with the volcano again some years ago. This was with my older brother, who, like me, has been a cannabis consumer for many, many years. He likes his edibles. He likes making his own edibles, but he also likes to have a good toke every once in a while. This was the time when he was coming to visit us and he was with some friends. I think there were three or four of them that were staying at a motel only about a half a dozen blocks away from our house. The Friday afternoon, I get a call. I was off work that day. My brother calls me and he said, Gary, Gary, you got to bring the volcano over. <laughs> I said, well, well why? Well, what's the big deal? I said, well, well, there's some people here. They've never seen one. And, and we got to show them how good it is. <laughs> well, I've never been one shy about showing the uh, two things. Uh, of course, having some cannabis and also using a vaporizer to make it a little bit easier. And as I already mentioned, the volcano was a favorite of mine. I just burned two of them out. That's my problem. <laughs> so I packed up my little bag and put the volcano in there, along with a good supply of bags, just in case we were over-exuberant along with, of course, a little bit of a sample to put inside the volcano. And off I went uh, to this local motel. I think they were on the first, no, they were on the second floor. And knocked on the door, and there's this big, eager smile on my brother's face. And, Gary, Gary, you're here. Come on in. And he says, guys, you're not going to believe this thing. If you've never seen this before, you're going to love the volcano. So plugged it in, got everything set up. And let's see, there was Brian, and there was Dennis... Yeah, there's a couple other people that I can't remember their names were. Brian was a good friend of, of my brother's and I had met on a, up a couple of occasions and he had never seen the volcano. Now, this was a, a guy who, like me, is a fairly constant smoker. He, he tokes pretty well every day and was really excited to hear about this and the fact that it would be easier on him. And the big thing, the odor dissipates very, very quickly. As you heard in the last story, if, if you don't stop using the volcano, the odor does not dissipate very quickly. So now I come over, pull the volcano out, plug her in. It doesn't take too long to get up to speed. Establish a fairly big balloon so we can all share enough of the cannabis and fill up the first bag. And it's a good looking bag. Nice, not too dense of a vapor, but dense enough that you know there's some real nice THC in that. I took the first hit off of that so I could demonstrate to everybody how easy it is. Just press the mouthpiece against your mouth and go, <laughs> and then passed it around. Well, the look on Brian's face after he took that first hit, and, and it was so smooth going down for him. It tasted so good, a taste he hadn't experienced before. And then he held that in, and you could just see in his eyes that he got an instant buzz off of that, as did everybody around the table. And here's where we learned our lesson. <laughs> We've we finished that bag. And at the end of that bag, everybody was 
pretty well baked. <laughs> so there was no reason to carry on. We just carried on with some good conversation. And, and, and it was really good conversation. Time was just flying by, as it often does when you've had a good buzz. <laughs> and then the door opens, and I think it was Brian's wife who came in. And she came in, surprised to see everybody there, but didn't react in any untoward manner. And Brian said, so, so, so do you know what we've been doing? And she looked at him kind of weird and, I don't know, hanging out. He said, no, 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 we've been smoking a bunch of dope and you can't tell. And she looked at him and said, really? Because she couldn't smell anything. And she had come in, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes after we had finished that big bag. So there you go. If you do learn <laughs> when to stop using a vaporizer, the smell does dissipate pretty quickly. And suffice to say that everybody who was in that room became a believer in the volcano. I don't know if any of them actually went out and bought a volcano. I think Brian did. He was so enthused with it. He loved the no odor, or rather the dissipating odor, and the good bang that he got out of it. So there's another story about using a volcano, this time with a better outcome. Nobody was banging on the door telling us to stop smoking cannabis. Instead, people were coming in the door unaware of the fact that we had just finished smoking a bunch of cannabis in that room. So there are benefits to using a vaporizer. Okay, I think we may have hit saturation point on cannabis knowledge for this particular episode, so we'll give your brain a little bit of a rest. I had some communication with a listener in Quebec by the name of Shane, trying to set up a conversation with Shane to get a perspective on how things are in Quebec. We've talked about it. Of course, I've talked a whole lot about what happens here in BC. I've always been curious what's happening in the Quebec market, so I'm trying to line up that conversation with Shane. Hopefully, we'll have that ready for next episode. If you ever have any suggestions or comments, info at CannabisPodcast.com is a great place to contact me at. And you, of course, will find all of the links for anything that was talked about today at CannabisPodcast.com. That wraps it up for episode 39 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.